Personal log, Michael Garibaldi. It started. They're really doing it. This is what I was afraid would happen. But it's been coming for a long time, ever since Sheridan got back. Before he went to Zaha Doom, he never would have gone up against his own, our own government like this. I don't know, maybe he thinks he's Alexander the Great, and maybe he thinks he's John the Baptist, and maybe he wants to take over the whole operation for himself. That's the part that worries me. That's the part that made me come back here. Mars. I can't believe I'm back on Mars. Three times before this place almost killed me. I swore I'd never give it another chance to finish the job. Humans got no business being here. No business at all. As the war rages on, Garibaldi is forced to choose. So how do I prove I'm in all the way? Give me Sheridan. Ephraim Zimbalist Jr. guest stars on an all-new Babylon 5. You have transmissions holding. Patch incoming signal. Full audio and video decode. Purple files accessed. What you are about to see has never been shown to anyone outside the break house. there in podcast land welcome to gray 17 a babylon 5 podcast a part of the front row network and npr illinois community voices we're a group of first ones watching babylon 5 for the umpteenth time and a bunch of newbies who are watching babylon 5 for the very first time and we are here today to discuss with you season four episode 16 the exercise of vital powers i'm scott and with me is justin i'm molly evan what and Jesse. Before we get started, a quick reminder to please, please, please click all the buttons, the likes, the subscribes, the follows. If you're on YouTube, click that notify bell icon. I'm still hearing a lot of folks saying that they're not getting fed our show anymore, and that's because the YouTube algorithm hates us. So if you hit that notify button, you'll be able to get it sooner rather than later. Mm. Along with... Mm. Sorry. I'm great. I'm, I'm doing great today, guys. Okay. Be sure to check out our social media pages. We have Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. All those links are down below. And we do have a Discord page, which you can get access to if you join our Patreon at any level. We have both a general chat as well as a spoiler chat. Spoiler chat's been uh, rocking the past few days. Newbies don't know that, but it has been. So you can join that conversation there by joining our Patreon. And it's a big thank you to our producers who are listed down below. They are our highest level patrons who help us out every single month to help the show grow. And finally, if you can, please leave a review on either Apple, Audible, Spotify, wherever you can leave a review. We got another one in here this week that's a five star. And this comes from Fwifo42. It's F-W-I-F-F-O. So FWIFO 42. Faith manages. Just like Babylon 5 itself, it takes a few episodes for Grave 17 to really hit its stride. I love the combination of newbies and first ones. Hearing the impressions, questions, and predictions of the hosts watching for the first time bring an all-new experience to reliving Babylon 5. Just as fun as hearing the longtime fans fall in love all over again. 
As with all things Babylon 5, faith manages. So thank you, Fwifo, for your review. And please go into your Apple or Spotify or Audible or whatever and leave a review as well. It really does help us get out to new people. Now, we'll go ahead and dive in to our discussion on exercise of vital powers. And I do believe Jesse has a synopsis for us. I do. Um, Garibaldi arrives on Mars and meets with William Edgars. Lita helps Franklin in an attempt to make frozen con... Jesus Christ, this fucking shit. Ready again and go. Garibaldi arrives on Mars and meets with William Edgars. Lita helps Franklin in an attempt to make contact with the frozen telepath. I kind of want to keep that just as is without an edit. <laughs> I think Please it'll do be, it. I think it'll be worthwhile. Oh, leave it. That'd be great. Let's go ahead and get into our first impressions from our newbies first, and we'll go to Emily first. First impressions on the exercise of vital powers. Well, there was about a whole 30 seconds of Sheridan, so it was a fantastic episode. Turns out he's the reason I like season four. Oh, we found out, huh? It is official. No, this was a really good episode, and um, I thought Franklin was going to snap. He seemed like he was ready to tell Sheridan to get fucked, and I was like, Mm, yeah, you probably should say that. <laughs> but it's really interesting to see uh, what Mr. Garibaldi's up to. Justin, first impressions. I appreciate this this episode for kind of driving some of the story along, kind of like Emily said. We kind of get to see what Garibaldi's up to. We get to meet Edgar's finally. Turns out he is a real person after all. And the, the stuff with the lead and the telepaths is pretty cool, but... The painful part of me for this episode, especially with the Garibaldi scenes, is it really felt like I was watching a Days in Our Lives episode. But the whole thing felt really soap opera to me, and I just couldn't get behind it. Overall, it's it's definitely by far not my favorite episode of the season, but like I said, I appreciate it just for the storytelling aspect of it, so I'll just leave it at that. Justin, I think JMS actually agreed with you on that, because when he was asked to describe this episode, he said... It's a very different feel, leisurely in a way, but not less tense. A good addition to the mix. So he said it was leisurely. Yeah. Jesse, what's your first impressions? Um, This fucking shit is starting to piss me off. <laughs> um, if, my, if my TV hadn't been securely um, fastened to the wall, I probably would have picked it up and yeeted it. The whole part with Garibaldi just makes me want to poke somebody in the eye like i just i just i'm watching it and i'm like this is you are not that person clearly he is or maybe wasn't before whoever did whatever to him it's just the episode was fine it wasn't bad i didn't hate it there you go emily i didn't love it i just it, it was it was fine but there were some parts of it that really drew out some emotion which i guess is a great i mean part of great writing so Good stuff. And we're short of Nubian Nicole this week, so we're going to jump over to our first ones. Kevin, what do you got for first impressions? This is a good episode. It certainly is one of the ones that uh, I like because of Ephraim Zimbalist Jr. being in this episode. Besides the fact that he's he's got a great voice and I'm a huge uh, Batman the Animated Series fan. I think he just brings something to the storyline that's really interesting. The guy that plays Wade is uh, kind of an interesting guy too, but yeah, there's definitely a, a bit of a chemistry problem between uh, the actress that plays Lise Hampton and Jerry Doyle. There's definitely a, a chemistry issue there, which uh, isn't positive, but I thought this director brought some good intensity to, uh, to this uh, episode that doesn't have a 
a ton of teeth to it. And, you know, I can't disagree with Emily. I do kind of like the break from Sheridan being in this episode only because it seems like this may not be the most strong of uh, episode arc for for him uh, based on the discussions we've had. So it's not it's not bad having having a different focus. But I do miss Veer and Lanier and uh, Delenn being in this episode. Marcus too. So there definitely could be a little bit a little bit more to this episode. But it's not a bad one at all. Mike's out this week, too. So, Blake, what do you got? I don't like this episode nearly as much as Kevin, apparently. Um, I'm kind of in the I didn't hate it camp with this one. I mean, it's not bad by any means, but as JMS even said, and you brought up what the quote is, it is a different feel. It's a leisurely episode. And I mean, frankly, it's one if I'm doing just like a quick rewatch, it's one I would frankly skip over. But I mean, it's by no means bad. It's just it's slow. I agree with the chemistry, though, between the actress for uh, Lise Hampton and Jerry Doyle. Uh, not necessarily being there, but uh, who knows how much of that too? Because I know we know some of the behind the scenes stuff with Jerry Doyle's behavior on set too, and he had a tendency to rub uh, other cast members the wrong way. So I'd be curious to know. And I know Kevin, you do a lot of the behind the scenes research, but if there were some issues there that could have uh, been part of that with the with the particular individuals involved. But overall, I mean, it's a decent entry and it moves the story along, but it's also easily skippable. Yeah, it's it's interesting because we're only six uh, episodes out from the end of the season. And as we can see, I mean, I do love this start with Ivanova kind of helping us understand where we are in the process. The, the forces of light are uh, moving along, and then we get this episode that really slows things down. But we'll get into it quite a bit more with the conversation, I'm sure. I do like that the one thing that we get out of this episode is I think the the new tagline for our show and that comes from mr wade you know sometimes people have to be stupid the trick is not to care so that wasn't a direct quote but it was close enough so i think we got two different plots here obviously one with the telepaths and one with eggers and garibaldi on mars so let's talk eggers and garibaldi and lease first justin what do you got yeah i was going to start off by kind of talking about william edgars the monster with the heart of gold it was kind of very interesting to see his character develop and we kind of kind of learned the kind of person that william edgars is and his motivations uh for what he's doing someone who seems to be very anti-clark but also you know thinks that we can fix it all behind the scenes because as we all know corporate mega corporations always have the good of the people at heart. I think his methodologies for why he's motivated to do what he's doing, he, he is one of those people where you can obviously see he he believes in his own self-righteousness and the fact that, yeah, you know what, we screwed up by letting Clark take this much power and now we're going to try and fix it. And the problem is we need to wipe out all the telepaths before we can do that. And I think he believes in the fact that he can achieve, achieve his objective. I just think that he's, oh, the monstrosity behind what he's trying to do is, you know, the road to hell is paved with good intentions. I understand him wanting to kind of knock the telepaths down a notch, but creating some kind of virus to wipe them all out while trying to show compassion at the same time was just really creepy to me. And I think the most creepiest, the creepiest part of this was, it, not, it was just weird little scene of the scene with the orange juice. 
in the morning when he was talking about growing up in California and this Valencia oranges, I just had this Pepperidge Farm comparison pop into my head when I was watching this entire scene. It's like, do you remember simpler times? A fresh cup of orange juice in the morning? Well, William Edgars remembers. And for some reason, just that whole shtick with him really kind of rubbed me the wrong way. But the whole thing with him being concerned about the thought police, about the um, and rightfully so, I guess, about Psycor being turned into thought police and kind of edgy, egging um, Garibaldi on in terms of, you know, what a lot of the fear and paranoia that Garibaldi's harboring. On the outward appearance, it kind of makes him a very kind character, but you can kind of see the devilish and ruthlessness behind his eyes. So I, you know, definitely to, to quote uh, Nicole, she the shady counts very high on this dude. Can you really be kind and have both a house on Earth and a house on Mars? Can you do that and be kind? I question. Exactly. Well, according to your PR agents, probably. <laughs> That's true. Jesse, what do you got? I do like how he was like, I apologize for the size. But when you're panning down onto it, you can see like a tennis court and like, you know, a, a very large establishment. Anyway, Edgar's is giving me very much like, I don't know if genocide is the right word. Is gen would genocide be the right word because of yes? Genocide's okay. exactly the right yes, word. Yes, <laughs> like it's it's giving me genocide vibes. And because he brought up Hitler, I was like, mm, that's interesting. It was also very interesting to know that the Iraqis made a run for power in 2025. Hmm. JMS continues to like really hit the nail on the head. So it was it was interesting to hear all that, but. Yeah, he's definitely the devil, like, in disguise. And it's gross. And it's gross that Garibaldi now knows what he wants to do and still works for him because it just, like, again, this is, I feel like I'm having a, a John moment where he just continued to defend Londo after Londo showed us who Londo was. And it's just, like, I'm feeling like this isn't Garibaldi but clearly it is because the man is not only willing to work for this guy, but he's willing to participate in this and it's gross. Emily. There are a few things with the whole Edgar situation I found really fascinating. The orange juice thing was kind of odd. And I was just like, what the hell is the point in this? The big red flag was when Lise was like, but he's a good guy. I was like, oh, wow. Huge red flag all over the place. I was like, yeah, he's not. And how has he convinced you that he is? I have questions on this. And then why were Garibaldi and Lise having a conversation that personal and assuming there wasn't like a hidden mic to record what they were saying? Like, do you really think this man doesn't have some level of surveillance going on in his house and he doesn't know the conversations that were being had? Right. I'm sorry. Am I supposed to believe that? Because this guy seems like the type who has security cams. He has all sorts of shit. Because there is nothing going on in his house he's not going to know about. Yeah, I, I thought the same thing, that there was going to be some kind of listening in on his room, especially when they didn't even give him a damn TV, so he's got nothing better to do. Uh, right. I got to defend our brainwashed security guard just a little bit here. Okay, first off, how, what does Garibaldi know at this point? Okay, yes, he's he's turning over Sheridan, which is terrible. I agree I'm with using you. using his dad. Well, yes, but here's the thing. And hear me out on this. You got to look at his point of view. One, he's compromised. And we don't know exactly how compromised he is yet, but we know Bester is fucked with him. But the way he's looking at it through these lenses 
is Sheridan is going to get a lot of people killed and he's going about this the wrong way. So how do I stop it? And then he even ensured that Edgar said, we'll make sure to take out Clark before he gets to to Sheridan. So we just need Sheridan off the board so we can take out Clark. I'm not agreeing with Edgar's and I'm not agreeing with Garibaldi, but I think that's he's not to a point where he's like an evil mustache twirling guy. He doesn't know what Edgar's idea is for the telepaths. He knows Edgar has concerns about the telepaths. And we know Garibaldi's had concerns since the first damn episode, the pilot. And, and Edgar's revealing his thoughts about Psychor and creating conspiracies. And I was like, is this hinting at Bester's plan? Is that what Bester is actually thinking of doing? Is like some weird mind control and taking everything over? Sounds like that's a question for Beyond the Rim that you can remind me about later on. I'll probably forget, but okay. Excellent. I'm not saying that Garibaldi's right at all, but I'm saying there's a there's a difference, I think, Jesse, between Londo, who goes out of his way to fuck with people, and Garibaldi, who's trying to, one, make sure Sheridan doesn't get killed and make sure that a lot of other people don't get killed. And he doesn't... Now, if he had gone to the wrong with Edgar's while knowing the full plan, like, you know, we're going to, we're going to like experiment on telepaths and kill them, then I would have a big problem. But since Garibaldi doesn't have that connection yet, I'm not as concerned about it. Justin. I'm just kind of fascinated with the body wake that Edgar's has in his path or, you know, because he, Mm -hmm. he says anybody who he seems to interact with, who's not useful to him ends up taking a bullet like the poor telepath after the interrogation. And then he just realizes, you know what? Eh, I'm tired of watching all these poor people suffer. Go ahead and put them all down. It's, it's like, oh, God, the body trail must be significant with this guy. And that makes him even creepier, accusing Clark of having a night of the long knives when Edgar's probably has a very much close to the same thing around him. Anytime he gets to where he doesn't trust somebody, I have a feeling they, they get disappeared. And speaking of which, I have a funny feeling that that conversation in, you know, uh, Garibaldi's bedroom, while his food was getting cold, is probably going to come back and bite them in the ass later. Yep. Well, and just remember, too, the telepath already told Edgar's before she got taken out. That, that he was lying about not being in love with Lise. Yeah, yeah. Garibaldi still loves Lise. And we saw Lise actually come and tell Garibaldi to veer off. So, yeah, I agree with that the, the, the chemistry there is a little meh. But Lisa's trying to get him to get the hell out of there. There is something to that. I was reading where Jerry Doyle was saying that the actress that plays Lise Hampton, her name is uh, Denise Gentile, she had different instincts in that in that scene in the small room that he wasn't expecting. And so he had a hard time playing that that scene. And he really wished that they had done it many more times to refine it because he wasn't happy with his performance in that particular scene. I didn't see anything where it seemed like they had a bad relationship. It was just that they have different acting instincts and had a, had a tough time meshing. There's a couple of scenes that are really weird in this episode that I can get into, but that's one of them. Um, the other one is the, the interrogation scene with, uh, with Garibaldi and the telepath and Zimbalist Jr. was on set for that, but of course he was doing voiceover and they had an audio problem. So then uh, Jerry Doyle had to redub most of his lines uh, for voiceover and he really, 
really hates doing voiceover stuff like that in a booth he says his energy is completely different he just does not feel himself and doesn't have a an easy time getting into the part and so he had to like really get mad at the crew to try and uh get himself into character for that scene and so i guess he tore the audio guys uh up one side and down the other and then had to apologize when he was done hey sorry guys i was just trying to get into character and trying to be in a certain place so sorry you took the brunt of it bye is kind of the uh the attitude that they got from him. The last thing I'll say on Lise is it's it is kind of cool that, you know, we joked about how Sheridan's wife changed between the video in season two and when she showed up at the tail end of season three. We got Lise in season one on a video screen talking about her, you know, her kid and everything. And so I, I, I love that they were able to get the actor back four years later uh, to keep that going. Usually you don't get that kind of continuity. So I do like that, even if it's kind of hit and miss on her. Emily, what do you got? Well, first off, where's Lisa's kid? She talked about that like several, when she came to Babylon 5, she said that what's his name, the ex-husband, took the kid and ran. Oh, okay. Franz. Franz. Yeah, Franz went back to Earth with her kid, and she has no idea where the kid is. That's right. But I thought the question by the telepath was really interesting, especially the question about, are you in love with Lise? Because there, some people differentiate between loving someone and being in love with someone. So I felt like that was a really interesting question. And he may have answered it in that he's not in love with her, but yes, he still loves her. Or he wasn't fully cognizant of like where his whole emotional level is regarding her. And so I thought it was interesting that the telepath registered that as a lie when it could have just been a difference of interpretation in the question. It could have been not completely sure about his emotions. Like, does he actually still love her or is he just reliving past emotions because it was never something that got like closed or ended as far as he's concerned? So I don't know if anyone else felt that way about that particular question. I didn't. I think, he, I think he loves her. Loves her. I agree. I think he's still. Be creepy her. about it, Scott. <laughs> I I do think he's still in love with her. I mean, it it seems kind of it it seemed like it was a clear lie on his part. He was just hoping that the telepath would. I don't know. Who knows? But he was cornered. There wasn't much else he could say. Yeah, Jesse. So Garibaldi said that he would give up Sheridan before or after. Edgar said that they would make sure that they got to Clark before he got to Sheridan. Before or after? Mm -hmm. It was kind of during the discussion. Mm -hmm. Like, he was willing to do it, but he wanted confirmation before giving the information about how to get it done. Mm -hmm. Which was kind of suspect. Right. And so, so I understand, like, we're saying that he didn't know the whole story. But he was willing to to volunteer the information and just kind of take this guy that he doesn't know's word for it. Like, oh, he says, you know, he's gonna get to Sheridan before or get to Clark before he gets Clark gets to Sheridan. But that would in like that would need to require a bit of trust for this individual who seems to be a really weird fuck. So it's I don't know. A year I think I part of me says you're giving Garibaldi too much credit for like the ignorance is bliss part of it but the other part is like okay so you take his word and then just hope that he's not a terrible hitler type person 
I don't know. It just, it's, it was giving me weird vibes. Yeah. I, I feel you on that. Like it just, it doesn't quite sit right. Of course, not much of what Garibaldi's done sits right overall. Exactly. Cause he's been out for Sheridan for episodes at this point. Mm-hmm. Like we see him fighting him and we see, it just seems like there's just this vendetta that he's willing to resolve by giving up his like Sheridan's most precious entity in his life like the person that means the most to him he he very easily volunteered that information up and it was very weird to me yeah for him to put somebody else at risk to get to Sheridan Mm -hmm. like giving up Sheridan is one thing and I can't say I agree with it but using his dad to like lure him out just feels extra dirty Justin agree with you there I mean that's a really shitty way to kind of go after somebody by using their family but at the same time, I think the way I kind of interpreted that whole conversation and that whole scene is, yeah, while Garibaldi gave Edgars the information about how to get to Sheridan before he got those assurances that Sheridan won't be permanently damaged, to quote another franchise, um, I think that Sher- I think Garibaldi was really hesitant to go after Sheridan until he got those assurances, though, that, hey, this is we're just going to capture him. This whole thing's going to be over because he's going to, you know, Clark isn't stupid enough to disappear him without having a trial and stuff like that. So, like, Edgar's is trying to assure Garibaldi, we have time. And I think that's probably, to me, that's when finally Garibaldi bought into the whole plan and said, okay, let's do it. Let's let's take Sheridan down, which is something that he's been wanting to do because... It's just kind of like trying to follow Garibaldi's psychology throughout this entire season from being just kind of almost jealous of Sheridan's fame to a a degree to then accusing him of having a messiah complex. Well, now all of a sudden accusing him out of nowhere of wanting to just depose Clark so that he could take the throne of Earth for himself. It's, It's just the rabbit hole of... Garibaldi's psyche is is just crazy but also I think still all part of the programming and it's I still don't believe Garibaldi's really a willing participant in any of this I think this is all part of Bester's plan and how Bester and Edgar's kind of are if 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 Edgar's is trying to eliminate all telepaths but somehow still has a connection to Bester in my opinion then I don't know I that's 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 a thread I haven't figured out yet Jesse. Sheridan has has the desire, has the drive, um, has the plan to unfreeze all of these telepaths, right? Isn't Bester's girlfriend frozen? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and oh. we'll definitely get to that conversation when we switch over here. Yeah. Okay. All right. All right. We can go ahead. We can wait. We'll wait. Pause. <laughs> Although it sounds like we're almost done with the Garibaldi conversation. Anyone yes. else have anything they have on that? Okay, Jesse. So what's going to happen now? Is Bester helping Eggers or is Bester going to flip and help? Sheridan when his girlfriend all of a sudden wakes up from however long she's been asleep it's just like I understand that Bester plays a part a huge part in this but these are the questions that I'm like what's gonna like again what's gonna happen we'll talk about it after you know after the show we on the ram it's just like it's it's a plus b is equaling zebra right now and I don't know where which direction to go Justin yeah Sheridan has a plan for the telepaths but it sounds like that plan is pretty fucking horrifying because that scene where Sheridan has to talk to Franklin and Franklin comes out just absolutely numb and Lita finds him and he's like, you know, everybody said that Sheridan came back different. 
and the Sheridan that I know would never have told me what he just told me. So even though even though Franklin admitted he's right, mm-hmm. it's whatever Sheridan's got planned for the telepaths, I don't think it's going to end well for any of them. And I think that's going to have a big part to do about with whether which side of the line Bester falls on. Because if he has something to where he's going to end up, Sheridan's going to have to like sacrifice all the damn telepaths or something Mm -hmm. in order to get Clark taken out. I bet you Bester is going to fight him like hell on it, even if they are temporarily aligned for some for one reason or another. But how could they be when Bester stripped Garibaldi of of his you know, self-awareness, so to speak, mm-hmm. in order to fuck around with Babylon 5 and do other stuff. So it's, I don't think Besser and B5 are ever going to be aligned, to be honest, and especially after whatever Sheridan has up his sleeve comes to fruition. Blake? I think it's interesting. We devolve into a Bester conversation and an, an episode that Bester's not even in. But, <laughs> you know, for me, Bester is on Bester's side. Mm-hmm. It's what yeah. is best for him. Anything else is situational. You know, he he may align himself with other individuals to the extent it serves his own his own means. Mm-hmm. But the second it doesn't serve his own means. So, I mean, I, I've never truly seen him as loyal to anyone other than himself. That's true. Uh, throughout yeah. all the episodes. But but yeah, definitely that scene with Franklin at the end, though. I, I love that scene where he just comes out and he's just that what the hell just happened look type mm-hmm. thing. And the way he acted that and even the comment, you know, Sheridan's not the same person. I love, let me b- jump in real quick, right right there. I love how people keep expecting him to be the same person, but this man jumped to his death and came back from the dead. Like, he's clearly not a regular person at this point. So it's very interesting um, for people to continue to be asked, at, like acting like he's like just supposed to come back and be the same exact person before all of this extremely traumatic shit happened. Well, and then he got that little jump start from Lorien too, after the uh, Vorlons, you know, kind of the uh, mm-hmm. supernatural version of an AED from the first ones. Right. <laughs> Emily. One of the things that annoyed me about the whole telepath issue is they finally involve Lita. Like you've had a telepath on B5 mm-hmm. who has additional like skills. And again, you ignore her just existence when you have telepaths that maybe she could help with. So that pissed me off. And then I was, okay, so we know Garibaldi got captured by the shadows and we're assuming the shadows did something to him and then like Psychor is involved somehow. So if the shadows messed with Garibaldi, do we know if Lorien messed with Sheridan? We know he gave him like some years of his life back. And is this going to be like a throwdown? Do we get like an actual Sheridan Garibaldi throwdown? And it's like a rehash of the shadows and the other side. Yeah, that's where my mind went after I was pissed that like, really, you finally get Lita involved? Like, come on. She's been here. She has skills. She can do shit. And y'all aren't going to ask for some fucking help from her? Dumbasses. Tell yeah. us how you really feel. I could, but it would take a while. <laughs> Justin. So what I hear Emily wants is a meat puppet fight between Sheridan and Garibaldi. Got yes, it. I want like old school MTV claymation cage match. <laughs> Death match. <laughs> Death me, yes, I forgot. Celebrity death that. match. Yes, I want a celebrity death match with Garibaldi and Sheridan. <laughs> that is what I want. Oh, uh, um, if so any if animators are listening, get cracking because we need to have that. <laughs> Very least, can you meme it because I need it in my life? Oh, yeah, that's fantastic. But, um, what the hell was I gonna say? Yeah, I got distracted by 
meat puppets and death matches. A random thought is what did was I sleeping when they talked about what physiological differences um, Sheridan came back with? Is this the first time we're hearing about this? Or have we heard about this before? Did he really talk about physiological differences? He never the, really talked about as far as I remember. And not in any episode, but in the hallway when he goes, I know it was Sheridan that came back minus a few physiological differences. It was, well, he's talking about that he's going to die in 20 years. It, I thought so? it was the oh, yeah. different cellular processes to keep him alive for the next 20 years that Lorianne gave him. The weird little okay. magic whatever. Right. Orlani type shit. Okay, he's talking about that then. And just how he was reconstituted from a nuclear weapon blast kind of type thing. I don't know. I I, I legitimately think it's just the 20-year countdown. Okay. I just thought that was weird just for him to slip that comment in when he was talking about Sheridan. Yeah. He stopped himself because he didn't want other people to know, which again tells me the only people who know that... Are Sheridan, him, Delenn, and Sheridan, right? Exactly. And do you really want anyone else knowing that the leader of the resistance is going to be dead in 20 years? Yeah. Okay. That's fair. Now, uh, to my other point. Um, the, what is Jesse the... laughing at? I gotta know. She's still thinking about the cage match, okay? I'm laughing at Justin because Justin's like, I can't remember. And now to my other point. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, because finally the the very dim light bulb that is my brain, you know how it just kind of like sizzles and barely glows, <laughs> finally like caught. You know, zzz, ding. Okay, I remember what the hell I was going to say. I'm now. imagining like a hamster nearly dead next to the yeah. wheel. And he's got one hand like grabbing the wheel and going, Urgh! Yeah. And, and, in my mind, from the classic Beavis and Butthead, when they're trying to think about something and there's that tiny little broken dim light bulb like buzzing above their head, that's kind of what what constitutes my brain on a regular basis. Um, so finally, it just kind of glowed just a little bit brighter when I was talking about my first point. So now finally, I can get off the derailed train, <laughs> brought it in, and get back. Take a to drink, my guys. Or was it bingo? No, it was a drinking game. No, it was a drinking game. Take a drink. Go into trains. Yep, everybody. By the way, Grade Seventeen does not condone the overconsumption of alcohol. Drink responsibly, kids. Yep, That's drink not responsibly true. and call an Uber if you're listening with friends. Which why would you be? But anywho, um, <laughs> now have we gotten to a point where Justin's forgot his thought again? That's the question. Yes, actually, we have. <laughs> All right, I yield. I yield back the balance of my time to the chair. Come on, little hamster, spark that! <laughs> yeah, spark that wheel. We need you. If you, if anyone's watching Masters of Air, the other um, metaphor I can think of is the kid who's in the engine while the plane is trying to take off, trying to kick the engine. Is anyone watching that show? No. What are you talking about? Masters of Air. What? Never heard of it. It's is a it World War Apple? II show. It's a World War II show. It's a, it's made by Tom Hanks and Spielberg. You should be watching it. Yeah. Is it on Apple? Yes. yes. Of then course I can't it watch is. It. Yeah. Okay. No one gets the no one gets the illusion or metaphor. Nice try though, Scott. Nice try. I try. I try. Blake. Well, Justin tries to figure out what he was going to say. Blake. Said, well, well, Justin tries to lure in his hamster. Uh, let's. I want to circle back to uh, something. <laughs> I want to circle back to Emily's point about why not involving Lita earlier. I mean, because really, I I think it makes sense. I mean, I get what you're saying about wanting Lita in the show more, but when it comes to having these telepath popsicles on the station that have been modified by the shadows with these implants i don't necessarily think franklin's first thought is oh let me bring in another telepath and see what a telepath can tell me here um all he knows is anytime they you know try to wake one up it all hell breaks loose with the computer systems they try to bond with the system 
And so he's trying to figure out, you know, what can they do to get past that or get these implants out? Remember, it was just a coincidence that Lita happened to be in med lab and interacted with the one who was awake. It wasn't like this was a, hell, let's try this for lack of anything else. So I, I, I can understand why Lita wasn't involved in that sooner. I guess it kind of makes sense to me that why that wouldn't have been, hey, Justin got his hamster back. Let's go back to Justin. So you didn't need to interrupt your conversation, Blake. No, you've got your thought. Go, go with it. Go, go. <laughs> why, why? While it's still semi-fresh, a little moldy. No um, one talk. Just let Justin go. <laughs> yeah. Let me get through this. Um, so the weird thing that I noticed with these telepaths is how kind of borgy they are. Not only just from their behavior, just just from their behaviors of being like naturally violent and going after people, but even like the implants and everything like that is very reminiscent of a lot of what we see within the Borg. So I was kind of had a question in my own brain um, about if if are they hive mindy? Did we ever kind of get that information? If they're all getting the same signal from the shadows and the shadows are gone then why are they why have they not been fully like separated from that signal to where Lita has to project like almost like a blocker into their brain because she said the signal that she's getting from the telepaths is sounds like the screeching of a shadow ship so then if they're why why hasn't that shut off and that's one thing i can't understand about that entire situation because like we've seen in like other very similar situations with semi cybernetic beings where once the cut to the mothership's off, then they're released. And yeah, maybe they do just drop dead, which we've seen before. But also, they can be separated and can start to kind of get a mind of their own. But then it's just how how do they come to be incessantly just naturally violent individuals? It just none, none of this makes any sense to me. I was wondering the same thing. That's how you get out of like uh, big sci-fi battles without having to, you know, go an extra hour. Look at Avengers. Oh, we take out the one thing, and they all die. Independence yeah. Day, Star Wars Episode One, yeah. all of them. Yes. <laughs> I was gonna ask which quadrant the shadows were in because it looked like they had hooked up with the Borg for some of their tech. Del- Delta Quadrant. Yeah. Blake, well, save us. I'll try. Well, I, and I think there's a fundamental difference though between the shadows and the Borg and what uh, they have done with these telepaths. These telepaths aren't meant to be a hive mind with each other. I mean, Franklin flat out said it in this one. They're designed to be a CPU of a shadow vessel. They're that's what it is. I mean, basically, yeah. these, these these are the telepath version of an Intel processor that they're going to put into this shadow vessel to run the thing. Um, it even mentioned that you know they've got chemicals that's overclocking their brains to increase processes and all this other stuff. So it's not so much like it's a drone in a collective or a hive mind. It it is the mind that controls the ship. And I see the look on Jesse's face now looking like, where the hell has this gone? <laughs> but, you know, it's so I, I see it as a bit of a difference there as far as the analogies go. And I think like the screaming of the shadow tech is even though the shadows are gone, their tech is still there. The fundamental technology stayed behind for anyone to find and have access to well that's true so, because even if because even for, okay that's true because anytime franklin even tried to touch a something it started killing the yeah. killing the telepath yeah okay i get it hear me yeah yeah okay never mind then ignore the look then because my computer's doing weird shit <laughs> we start talking cyborgs and jesse's computer goes doing weird <laughs> shit way to go kevin they had a tough time 
uh, filming the scene in med lab with Lita and the patient. Um, but she said that she had really good chemistry with the actor that uh, that played the patient. Patricia Tallman said that you don't always know when you're getting guest actors coming in and out, whether you're going to gel real well with one of them when you're doing a scene. Um, but it was tough to film because they had that uh, glass between the two of them. And they're having to do it when the, the patient has his eyes closed. So the only way that they had to do it was he had to count during the the scenes and then open his eyes and react immediately. So they had a they had a hard time with that, but they they were able to get it get it going pretty well and then you know edit it to to make it look perfect. Emily. When Lita was connecting with the telepath, was it the lighting or did they actually make her eyes go dark like um when she had connected with the shadow? Because if you see like she's looking at the patient and she starts to turn, it's like her eyes go black like they had when she had the encounter with the shadows before or a shadow ship. Let's so I didn't know if that look. was like a lighting thing or if it was like... Please hold. I'm looking at this episode right now. Okay. Because I don't remember that. Now, she her eyes go dark when she deals with shadows uh, right. and she overpowers herself. But I don't remember that. But I'm looking at the episode right now. It's, it's really, really brief, which is why I'm wondering. No, they're still normal. Okay. You can see the whites of her eyes. Yeah, it's just like her eye looked darker overall. So I was wondering if it was just the quickness and like shadowing of blinking. Yeah, it was just a quick uh, turn she does because her eyes stay white with, you know, her irises and pupil the whole time. She doesn't go full on black contact like she's did before. Yeah. Yeah. Am I I the only person who picked up some telekinetic vibes from Lita during that whole scene when the guy was like sitting there trying, trying to like stab himself in the throat? Was she using was she using telekinesis to keep him from stabbing himself in the throat, or was she trying to like overrule his mind, which then she eventually did, and he ended up falling asleep? Yeah, I thought it was a mind control because then she said, "Was Go it more sleep. mind control?" Okay, because just the way he was holding it and the way he was struggling to me almost looked telekinetic, and I was like, "Are we seeing some straight up Jean Grey shit here? Like, what's going on?" Did you notice the flashback to the aliens that put the implants in? Yeah, we, we've seen those guys before. Mm-hmm. They were fucking with Sheridan and, and mm-hmm. Taylon. Mm-hmm. Pretty sure they're the it's, same guys. It's the it's the Streebs, right? Mm-hmm. See, you even the, the names. Hamster's Streebs. back. Ah. Oh my god! No, he just he just had a he just had a um, he, he had to have a heart transplant. So now that he's got his new ticker, um, he'll be good for another. He'll be good for another thousand revolutions. So Scott, you mentioned that we've seen these aliens before, right? Yeah. Yeah, you're wrong. No. Um, so they wow. they do look like the Stribe, uh, also a little bit like the Vri, but JMS said they're they're actually not related. Uh, they're not actually a named species. They're referred to as the Shadow Surgeons, basically on the show or in the creation notes. But they are not the uh, Stribe that we saw in the episode where they decided to mess around with Sheridan and Talon. It's okay. Uh... Ask JMS again today, and he'll give you a different answer. Ah. <laughs> Uh, yes, but if I tell change. him it means proving Scott wrong, I'm pretty sure I could get him to keep that answer. See, to this tell is you you're wrong. Let's talk about that bullshit where he actually said I was right, and then you swooped in and said, "But it's Scott," and then he said, "But it can be interpreted differently." I'm like, "Fuck you, Jess, and fuck you, Blake." That true happened. Story. That but was a Twitter we, true story. Can we not? Like, I know that. It's <laughs> can we not? Cold. 
to continue to press this man until he literally <laughs> comes in just to tell us on our podcast that you're fucking wrong. But like, I know I'm gonna say, if JMS wants to come on come on this show, he can tell any of us that we're fucking. I know. Wrong. Yeah, see, that, it would take good money to have him come on and tell us how wrong Scott is. JMS is what because JMS, I know you listen to some of these. I know mm-hmm. you do because you said so. If you're listening, here's what you do: create a cameo account just for real quick, and I will pay you. Well, apparently Kevin will pay you. I got money <laughs> to just do a cameo for us. And tell me to fuck off. I'll give you. A I would love that. that. I would you love can that. Have a whole dollar. It'll be so, a highest grossing video of the entire podcast. Exactly. Oh <laughs> we paid a thousand dollars for a cameo of JMS. And all he says is, "Scott, you're fucking wrong." Scott, that, you're fucking wrong. Three seconds, JMS. That's all I asked for. Stop Boom, a million views with your bullshit. <laughs> because I'm gonna because because I know like people like Kevin and I will sit there and take the recording of that and make that our new ringtone. <laughs> so like anytime it will be the intro for, for the every episode, and I will retroactively go back and add it as an intro to every episode. <laughs> uh, so Jay Michael Straczynski, uh, <laughs> tell me to fuck off, please. <laughs> Joe, that sounds like little. a new kink. <laughs> it's not new emily it's not new i know no. it's really not that new yeah no okay reaching a level of being paid for is all 30 years. everyone wants to reach that level emily truthfully <laughs> the look she's okay. giving me right now she's giving me a look for radio okay can we talk about franklin's hair oh Please. my god he's so great right, right it was like he went great and like and i told you I told you like two episodes ago, dude's been fucking Sheridan number one, and she stressed him, him out. The fuck out. She she really stressed him out with the sex, and so now he's gone gray. No, I blame Sheridan and being on his ass about trying to deal with the whole telepath situation because he has to do whatever he has to do and doesn't understand. Maybe it won't be able to get done, but whatever. That's true, and yeah. he, and if he's being a good boy, he's not going back to st- uh, STEM, so he's just working his ass off. As the grayest one of all of us, can we not discuss that? Um, you are not, sir. First of all, some of us just dye our hair. So, yeah, if you if I stop dyeing my hair, I'm gonna look like you, Kevin. So it's fine. Okay. I don't. I, I don't want to hear. I don't want to hear about hair right now. Okay. At least y'all have it. Every everybody's here with their voluptuous, like fully, you know, hair, and I'm just sitting oh, here yeah. bald as the day I was born. I, I have to fight with mine daily not to leave. Anyone else want to talk about telepaths? Okay. <laughs> what the hell is Sheridan going to do with them? Because it sounds really well, That was going to be my, when we get to the Beyond the Rim questions, I'm legitimately going to ask each of you to predict what the plan is. So hold your that thought. So we'll go ahead now and go into questions and predictions. And for those who have not watched or heard us before, we are going to ask our newbies who have not watched past Exercise of Vital Powers to give us any questions or predictions that they may have after this episode and to emily's point for all each of you when you do give your predictions i do want to know what you think sheridan's plan is for those telepaths so let's go to jesse first questions and predictions um okay so i really need to start writing shit down i had questions and i can't even remember them now justin's fucking hamsters infected my i already said you gave justin shit about his hamster hamster yours just took a shotgun to the face mine mine is listen mine's been hanging on for a while <laughs> god damn um what do i think sheridan is going to do with the telepaths um that is an excellent question 
uh, lobotomies. I just take pieces of the fucking, I have no idea. Like, I feel like he's just going to kill him. And I know that that doesn't, that's like the worst case scenario, but I feel like, what do we do with him? Like, I don't know. I have no idea. No prediction. So, so he's pushing Franklin night and day. Cause he has to have these telepaths awake and ready to go just so he can kill them. So no, because here's the thing is if he cannot figure it out, then they kill them. Like So, but if he figures it out, what do you think he's going to do with them? Come on, Jesse, help me out. Oh, what's he going to use them for? Yeah, what why is he dogging Franklin for like two episodes now that we've to seen? Torment Bester. Just to like just a, just to pick it Bester. No, I, I what's he going to do with them? Um I would assume that he would I'm trying to, yeah, I have no fucking idea. Like, what is he going to do? That's, that's an excellent question. And I would love to hear what you guys are going to discuss beyond the rim about that. But like, I, I have zero fucking idea because now knowing the two sides, one of them is trying to kill them all. And one of them has something that they've planned with them. I have no fucking idea. I, okay. I'm glad that I could have this discussion with you guys. Thank you, Jesse. We appreciate it. Yeah. Anytime. Justin, questions, predictions. First of all, I'm kind of disappointed it wasn't the Streeps that fucked with the telepaths because fuck those Streeps. They took my grandpappy, and I'll never forgive them for that. <laughs> well, that was the other ones. That was the Greys. Oh, uh, I thought the Greys were the Streeps. No, because oh. the Greys actually look like Greys. Oh, uh, okay. Well, the Streeps are okay then. Yeah. The, the, the Greys were in our favorite episode ever, Grail. <laughs> oh, that's yeah, right. th- those are the Those are the Vree, uh, Justin, that you're thinking of. The Vree are the ones uh, that took the grandpappy. That took my grandpappy. Yeah. Well, fuck those guys. But anywho. Questions. Um, predictions, sir. So I don't, I no longer have any questions because I only had one written down. And that is what did Sheridan tell Franklin? Now we're going to espouse upon that in the second part of my diatribe here. So what I think Sheridan is doing and why it's even horrible enough to turn Dr. Franklin pale is that he is going to get them awake enough to where, because they said that, Franklin said at one point, whenever they wake up, they immediately try to latch on to some kind of like system or something like that. I think Sheridan is getting them prepped so that he can use them to hack into Earth ships. So when they go into war, when they go into Mars and Earth, he can use the telepaths to fuck with Earth and Mars computer systems and help take the take take the ships and take the planets. And I think it's it's he's not going to kill them. It's going to be a sacrifice. You have a sick, sick mind, my friend. Doing that's so dark as shit, right? I told you that's I, dark. I, You're I, just I, figuring this I, out now <laughs> that he's got dark minds. Yeah. Also, oh, also, by the way, when you were talking about Franklin getting pissed off, I was just thinking Winston Zeddemore. I've seen shit that will turn you white. White. <laughs> 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 kind of in that same vein and it's horrible but i think sheridan is willing to do it in order to achieve the objective and i think that is what has franklin so disturbed but also why franklin said he's right it's the only way but the sheridan i know would have never have told me that i honestly think it's a sacrifice like he is using them as cannon fodder to try and screw up the computers on ships and earth and mars and all that stuff like like telepathic hackers is what I think he's trying to make them into. Um, so to answer that question, okay. now, my prediction is I don't think Garibaldi is going to be able to complete his mission. And of course, here we go again, trying to see the good in Garibaldi. 
But I think in the prod, like in the coming episodes or however long it takes for them to try and go and capture Sheridan, I think he's going to find out the truth about what Bester did to him. And I think he's going to end up saving Sheridan instead of turning him over. Prediction done. Welcome to my TED Talk. Well, Emily, you're usually the one with the dark soul, but I think Justin may have one up you. But let's see what your prediction is for the telepaths. Okay, I'm still kind of stuck thinking about what Justin said, because I, I can see where he was going with that. I was actually more wondering if, like, we got some hidden shadow vessels because they fucking lied about completely leaving. And they left some of their shit behind because we know they left their minions behind so there could be ships hidden somewhere. So you think Sheridan has some shadow ships in his back pocket? They're going to use the telepaths to, like, go find the ships because why are they still hearing the ships? That's a good one, too. And is he going to use those to, you know, like, fuck up Earth and Clark? Because it seems sketchy, but you never know. Sheridan's not the Sheridan we used to know, so... That's a good one, too. I like that, Emily. I like that. But whatever it is, Franklin's not cool with it. But he is, though. He is, yeah. That's that's, not... another, that's the other, That's like, you know, we're defending Garibaldi. We're defending Londo. We're defending Franklin. He's not good with it, but so it's okay that he's fucking with the telepaths because he doesn't really want to. I took Franklin's response as, like, I understand why this needs to be done, but I don't like it. Like, I'm not cool with it, but I get what we're doing. And is in, like, that weird situation Whereas I don't know what the hell's going on with Sheridan anymore. I just don't like him. I'm not cool with putting you in this electric chair, but I'm going to. Hey, some people are like that. Southern states do it all the time. You can send your hate mail to <laughs> grace17podcast <laughs> at gmail.com. Hey, they're all for uh, testing out new methods of execution. Yeah, let's just add to it. If you're going to use a method that even veterinarians won't fucking use, yeah, go fuck yourself. <laughs> yeah, maybe not the best option. Oh, it was was it what was it helium? What, what how did they kill the last guy? Wasn't it nitrogen? Nitrogen. Yeah, yeah, yeah nitrogen. Like, like you said, nitrogen. if it was a veterinarian really won't up. even use it. Yeah. Yeah. The vet said you need to give him a, a sedative before you do that to him because it suffocates him alive. Great. Good talk. Yeah. America. Fuck um, yeah. Emily, did you have any other questions or predictions? I do. I have questions. Yay. I have questions. One, what the hell did Sheridan say to Franklin? What is their plan? Um, yeah, I'm actually really curious about that. It was tips on how to get to Woohoo with number one. <laughs> we already got there. Ugh. I swear to God, Franklin fucks more than Sheridan. I guarantee that. Well, yeah. And usually with his Evidently turned its hair gray, so yeah. <laughs> Any losers. So is Edgar's actually aware of whatever Bester's plan is that we still don't know what it is? Like, how much does Edgar's know about Bester? Like, what is that connection going on there? Because it kind of seems like they're aware of Edgar's is aware of Bester somehow, maybe. I'm assuming just because he hates telepaths, so he has to know, like, chain of command type stuff. Was Garibaldi's room tapped? So does did Edgar's hear their conversation? I would love to know. And I'm assuming if he did, that might come up at some point if we ever go back there. Were the people Edgar's was testing on willing volunteers? Like, did they volunteer not understanding what they were signing up for? Or were they, like, captured and this is some sort of, like, prisoner of war testing situation? And is Lise actually safe? Because this dude's a psychopath. <laughs> like, I'm really concerned about her personal safety because that dude is not okay. You mean like she got Stockholm Syndrome? Yeah, not quite because Stockholm Syndrome isn't what we think it is, but that's a whole different tangent. Yeah. Bonus episode. <laughs> Stockholm Syndrome with Emily. Be great. <laughs> Why it's not actually accurate based on what I've read, but it could be wrong. I'm also still waiting for you guys to color dicks as a bonus episode. I'm still waiting. 
Hey, I, well, I got or that dick coloring book, and then we can get on. Let's do it. <laughs> we can get okay. on. And will we get a Sheridan Garibaldi throwdown? Because I want to see it. I really just want to see Garibaldi take a swing at Sheridan because, yeah, apparently my problem with this entire season has been Sheridan. Well, we did already see that. Just yeah, but I want like an actual. She wants Mutai. Yeah. <laughs> you know what? Yeah. Is that it, Emily? I think so. We have broken Blake. <laughs> <laughs> Emily, let's discuss domestic violence for a moment. Does he even need to hear? Jesse's like, what? Does he even need to hear what happened in the the room? Because if he already is a son of a bitch, that's the whole point. If he's already a son of a bitch, you don't need multiple pieces of evidence to be an asshole. You just need one. He already was jealous. If he wasn't jealous, he wouldn't have kissed Liz in front of Garibaldi like he did the first time they interacted with three of them. That was a territorial thing. Then he had the tele he had to ask with the telepath in the room because he's a jealous motherfucker. So I don't I mean I agree with you. If it's tapped, that's a problem. However, I don't think it needs to be tapped to make Edgar's do whatever he's gonna do anyway. I don't see it I would see it more as speeding up a response. Mm not changing or altering the response but if he was going to do something it might move that up sooner okay i can see that maybe but yeah i am worried about her because that absolutely does seem like an abusive situation like because she was talking about i was broke and he was kind and i'm like oh was he love bombing and now she's trapped and she's like oh but he's a good man which was totally not convincing in any stretch of the imagination and then we see what he's like. And she even tried to steer him away when he first got to Mars, too. Yeah, because I feel like she understood that was going to put her mm-hmm. and Garibaldi at risk because this dude's... Yeah, see, I, I read that as he, she was trying to wave off Garibaldi. I think she feels secure in her position. Like, she can even walk into the room and go, oopsie, I, just, I wanted to let you know dinner was ready. I mean, if she's in a precarious situation... I don't think that would happen. Jesse, you're nodding your head emphatically, emphatically, so. There's a big stretch between somebody being jealous and beating on their significant other spouse. So it's, I mean, she doesn't give me DD vibes. Like she, you know, she doesn't give me the battered woman vibes. She just seems to be in love with a man that just happens to be ridiculously rich. So like, I'm not saying that like, She's not a kept like a, a, a kept against her will type woman, but she's too hot for him in the first place and seems like it's a money thing. So it's like, that's just the vibes that I, I don't get DV vibes. Like, yes, he's probably a terrible person, but maybe she's a terrible person too. We don't know. Like she. And that's the other thing I'm wondering about her. Like, is, mm-hmm. is she actually awful too? Right, I mean, obviously she's not openly awful, like Veer's terrifying bitch, but. Right. Because that, that, what you didn't see in the kitchen was the chained up telepath waiting tables. Right. Like maybe she does know what's going on and maybe she's cool with it. Like maybe she's terrible too. Um, but my question about that, that was one of my questions was when he touched the telepath that had the like big old goopy, nasty sores on his face. And he's like, don't worry. He can't infect me. Why? Why can't he infect you? Why does whatever you put into his body not have any effect yeah, on you? I, I think you can, we can gather from the episodes because we've, we've talked about the pharmaceuticals for a while now. It's a bioengineer weapon. And when you bioengineer a weapon, you make sure it's not going to turn back on you. But if so. it's bleeding from his, like. Yeah, but I mean, if, if, so we know that 
telepaths, uh, one in 10,000 people is a telepath. They even mm-hmm. call it out in this episode, you would kill blah, 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 10,000. So you can assume there's something in their genetic code that's different. So if you mm-hmm. can target that and human homo sapiens don't have that in their genetic code, then it's like a, a household pet who can't get COVID from you because COVID attacks right. the human immune system and so forth and so on. You still want to touch goopy, nasty, goopy wounds? <sighs> I now never said Edgar's know. isn't a creepy fuck. No, I don't know. He seems completely well-adjusted to me. I don't he know. does say, but he, he seems like here's the goofy person. thing, though. When he's walking around with his orange juice, he's like Grandfather 101, man. He's like, oh. Which I'm is really disturbing. But now I'm wondering if this, whatever he's created to attack telepaths, does it affect only human ones, or will it also affect, like, Mimbari telepaths? Mm. Is this, have so, they figured a way to target all telepaths, or is mm. there enough genetic difference well, that it would have to be specific each species telepath that's an interesting question too because we know that at least most of the telepaths in the races were somehow created by the vorlon so maybe there's a connection there interesting justin what you got kind of piggybacking off something emily said that i do believe that bester and uh edgars know each other because wasn't bester or we can insinuate, wasn't Bester the one who told Edgars about Lita working for Garibaldi, and that's why Edgars made him fire Garibaldi, or fire Lita, during that one episode? At this point, I think that's an assumption. Is it? Okay. I mean, because I, 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 kind of I, I don't remember them that. saying that in the episode. There's yeah, a, but maybe Ed- it's just an insinuation, maybe. Because um, what, what, what Edgars said was, if I remember correctly, I hear you have employed a telepath. No, don't do that. So you're right. It could have been Bester. But at this point, we don't know. It was know. implied Edgar's has other employees on he, B5 too. Uh, he even said Mr. He even said Wade is because he because uh, yeah. you're right, Emily. Because Garibaldi says, "Are you following me now?" And he's like, "I've got people on the shit uh, station." That's met right, Mr. Wade already. So yeah, so probably wasn't Bester then. And then what I was going to say about Edgar's with the whole kind of telepathic virus thing is he feels like he's being perfectly, he views these things as like wounded animals that he's like trying to put out of their misery because Mm -hmm. even he's talking about, Oh, it's horrible thing to die alone and they just need some compassion. And I don't want to cause any more pain than we have to. So like in his own brain, he's thinking like he's being a very compassionate people. You know, being a very compassionate soul, putting these telepaths out of their misery. It's, 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 it's really fascinating how, it's so easy to dehumanize people, isn't it? And Justin, right. I, I swear I'm not calling you out, and you didn't mean this, but you even said these things. I know you didn't mean that, but I mean, it's right. really easy to dehumanize. It's really easy. Okay, any more questions, predictions, newbies? Um, there's probably one somewhere if the hamster gets it shit together. <laughs> well, we're going to go ahead and end it there, and Emily can yell at me 10 hours from now when she remembers her question. And we will go ahead and let the newbies walk briskly out the airlock and then us first ones will answer all these questions and predictions that they have had and we'll definitely talk about sheridan's plans for the telepaths and see uh see if any of them are even close we'll find out uh next week we'll be back to discuss the face of the enemy episode 17 we're only six episodes away guys from the end of season four and then We will have our next movie in the beginning. So our second, or if you count The Gathering, our third Babylon 5 movie in roughly six to seven weeks. Fun times. Please remember to like, subscribe, follow, and join us on all our social medias. Links down below. And 
if you are okay with spoilers, we'll see you in a few minutes. And if you're not, we'll see you next week. Until then, I've been Scott, and with me has been Justin, Emily, Kevin, Blake, and Jess. And if you can find Jesse, Emily, or uh, Justin's uh, hamsters, please let us know. We've been lost. I just want to remind you, first ones, that we will at some point re-listen to (laughs) Beyond the Rim. And I want you to remember that I hit fucking hard. So keep it up. Be careful what you say. I have been punched by Jesse before. It is not a good situation to be in. I don't punch. I bite. I've been bit by Emily before, too. That was like 20 years ago, but I haven't bit by Emily and punched by Jesse. Well, there's a conversation that she's <laughs> So, Justin, you had to catch up. There's a I new OnlyFans page. I knew. I, I mean, I'm sure I've deserved to be hit by Jesse, but one point or another back in the college days, but I'm not sure if I ever actually was. Oh, I'm shocked God. I wasn't hit by Jesse, but, you know. <laughs> wasn't she much said she hasn't even last... been mad at me before, so apparently. Yeah. listen, you guys make me sound like that. really bad person but only one of the four of you have been punched so i mean i'm really not that terrible (laughs) i didn't say i was punched i said i probably deserved it at one point or another the moral of the story is all the violence comes towards me i mean sometimes people i'm okay with that yeah i mean i'm not not disagreeing sit with that for a while and think about it (laughs) think about your life choices when it's provoked and on that note We're going to go ahead and roll the credits and we'll see you in a few minutes for Beyond the Rim. And Jesse, in two years in the future, when you're listening to this, fuck off. I still know where you live. She's not going to listen to these. Yes, I am. She's going to shank. She's going to get bitter and bitter and more bitter every episode she listens to. The newbies are going to do a show where we listen to Beyond the Rim. We can do Beyond the Rim. Beyond the Rim commentaries for YouTube so everyone can see your faces. Especially when we get into that little 10 episode arc where we kept giving Justin shit about angels. That's the best part. Yes. Beyond beyond the rim. There we go. I and I kept saying touched by a Vorlon and just didn't get it. <laughs> rim jobs with the newbies. The new Dude, bonus I episodes. Will, I will never forget when I saw that angel and I was like, those motherfuckers were so mean to him for like the last two months. <laughs> I heard flapping of wings. Sure you did. Sure yeah, you did. I was like, when, when I heard him say that, I was like, what the fuck is this dude smoking? Like, I didn't hear shit. Okay, we've now, turned this, we've now turned this hour episode into an hour and a half. Yeah. Goodbye, newbies. Bye. Bye. Jesus. Jesus. Fuck all of you guys. Goodbye. I can't hit my leave button. Shit. All right, I'm out. No, maybe I'm... Thank you for listening to Gray 17, a Babylon 5 podcast. You can find all the places to listen to and watch this podcast at anchor.fm slash gray17podcast or youtube.com at gray17podcast. We want to hear from you, so join the conversation at Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, or Patreon. Be sure to subscribe and leave a review where you are listening to or watching this podcast. Gray17 is not affiliated with, and the podcast has not been prepared, approved, or licensed by Warner Brothers or any other owners of the Babylon 5 copyright. All clips included in this podcast are the intellectual property of the respective copyright holders. They are included here for purpose of review, and no infringement is intended. The opening and closing themes are available from Falling Matter on YouTube. And what's out there? The rim.
And beyond that? The truth. It's an episode that was 45 minutes that could have been an email. <laughs> Welcome back to Beyond the Rim. Again, this is the spoiler section, so if you have not watched past uh vital whatever the hell this episode's name is i've lost my mind at this point size of vital powers i'm not even gonna care uh will you should leave now and if not you can stay with us and we'll answer these questions and predictions from our newbies and guys let's go ahead and dive right in does eggers know about mr bester i mean does he know about bester i mean i'm sure bester's not exactly subtle but i think this whole idea is they still think that they're working together somehow and that is not the case. I mean, we, we've talked about this in Beyond the Rim before. The whole brainwashing of Garibaldi was never a plot to get Sheridan. That's a byproduct. It was to get into Edgar's to figure out what the hell he's doing uh, with telepaths. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And I, the, the newbies still haven't made the connection that actually Bester's goal is to take out Edgar's. They're, they're circling around a little bit. Does Bester know who Eggers is? Does Eggers know who Bester is? Is there a connection there? Yeah, there absolutely is. Garibaldi is Bester's weapon to take out Mr. Eggers. So, but they'll find that out fairly soon. Was Garibaldi's room tapped? We don't know. It doesn't come up that I'm aware of. I don't think they ever. They they don't ever really get into that. And honestly, yeah, well, Eggers is going to be dead like in two episodes. So it doesn't really yeah. matter. Did the telepaths volunteer or get captured? Who volunteers to be experimented on? question mark i i'm thinking it's kind of like the telepath he hired to scan garibaldi you hire these guys because you've got all the money under the sun and you say hey i need you to do some business transactions for me oh and by the way let me chloroform you here for a second yeah it seems interesting to me how um i I, my my interpretation was they were probably blips because otherwise you know it was it was surprising enough to me that he would be able to space one psychor uh, member and not have that be suspicious, but they've got to be blips because otherwise, you know, psychor is going to catch on. Yeah, that's a very good point, Kevin. I bet you're right. Yeah, because I was going to say the same thing. I mean, shooting one and disposing of that, you can make that look like an accident. When you they had what three in that room, and presumably they weren't the first. And they're definitely not doing the best job of keeping it secret because Bester knows. So however he knows he finds out so uh will the drug target just human telepaths or all telepaths you don't really get into that either but my guess would be just the human telepaths i think that's what edgar cares about he just doesn't want earth alliance being taken over by psychor right which he's i mean as much as he is a diabolical piece of shit who i look forward to watching die but he's right we know, and we're going to know more even here in a few episodes, that Psychor has absolutely started to take over Earth. And so he's not wrong. There's a few things he's not wrong about just because he's willing to, you know, do some truly awful things. You know, he knows that Clark is dangerous. He knows that Psychor is dangerous. The fact that he's willing to go to this length uh, to to take both of those things out is uh, obviously way too far, but he's not wrong. And I, I know there's probably some people who are in the comments threads right now yelling at us. We've been kind of making the assumption that this drug is genocidal, and we've said that with the newbies. But if you read into the episode a little deeper, 
he does make it clear that the drug can sustain them too. So it's a control mechanism. Mm -hmm. If they take the drug from him, they can live and probably be used by his businesses and other businesses. If they don't take the drug, I think they said that they, they go quick. What would they say? The, the one, they've been off the drugs for like they said three days. I can't remember now, but it was like it wasn't a long time. So he's not gonna wipe out all the telepaths. He just wants to be able to control them and kill a lot of them. But is Liz safe with Edgar's? Very likely. I, he's never given me any any bad vibes with that, and we don't get any evidence that he has any ill intent towards Lise. But it's not going to become important later on because in an episode or two he's going to be dead anyway mm -hmm. but i agree with you kevin i think if this if edgar's wasn't taken out and his plan did work i think liz is going to be the happy wife to his in his story even if she truly isn't for a long time to come because he he wants to be the genuine nice guy even though he's not so he puts on that air and i don't think he's going to have any issues with liz will we get to see a sheridan garibaldi throwdown Nope. No, definitely not. We already got what we were going to get. Uh, I mean, he's going to get righted at some point, Garibaldi, and they're going to go mostly back to somewhere close to where they were before this all happened. There was that split second when they rescued Sheridan. Though, exactly. Here unloads that PPG into Garibaldi. Yeah. 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 That's about as far as we're going to go. That's true. Okay, let's get to predictions. Now, before we get to what Sheridan is doing, the only other prediction we had was Garibaldi will not complete his mission to capture Sheridan. He will find out the truth and save the good captain. Uh, nope, but he comes close. I mean, it's just... It, it, it. Well, he completes his mission, and then he finds out the truth and saves Sheridan, so yeah. technically... Right. Yeah, it's just he's just flipped. He puts everything in, into place, and then Bester decides, okay, I'm done fucking with you now, so I'm going to fuck with you more and worse. And we'll find that out next week. I'm looking forward to seeing how the newbies handle the face of the enemy. I think that scene of Bester and Garibaldi in the tram is one of the best acted scenes. And Jerry Doyle does absolutely nothing. He just stares. But even that, you the, the pain in his eyes, mm -hmm. is it's great acting on both of them. Oh, yeah. Okay, and then I asked all the newbies what they think Sheridan's plan is for the telepaths. I'm going to go to Justin last for obvious reasons. But Jesse says it's not going to work and he's just going to get him killed. Or he's going to lobotomize him. I don't think Jesse's playing uh, along, but it's fine. And then Emily said, and I actually like this prediction. This one's a little deep. That the shadow vessels are still out there. And Sheridan will use them to find and man the shadow ships to be used against the Earth Alliance. Any thoughts on that, guys? Aside from it's not right, but any thoughts on that? It's a really interesting thought process, though. It's interesting that she would think that they would be able to control the shadow vessels or they would still be around, but it's a really cool theory. I'm kind of torn on it because my gut reaction is Sheridan would never use shadow vessels on Earth ships, but he's using shadow tech on Earth ships. So, I mean, it's just a fine line with how far you go, which right. goes to Justin's prediction, which uh, he's on the nose. Sheridan will use them to hack into Earth ships. That's exactly what's going to happen. In a few episodes, they will be sent to Mars. They will be put onto Earth Alliance ships. And just before the, the main battle to take Earth, the telepaths will be woken up and those ships will be taken offline. Most of them. Some of them will actually take out the telepaths before it could happen. But yeah, no, Justin's, <laughs> Justin's right. And uh, I look forward to him uh, telling us how we were terrible to him this episode. Once again, angels and telepaths, I guess. I do want to have a discussion about whether the usage of the telepaths in that manner is 
within Franklin's, you know, character uh, establishment mm -hmm. to, yeah. to be okay with that, or at least for him to yeah. participate in that. And I don't know whether we have that with the newbies or whether we have it beyond the I rim. I think so. I would love yeah. to have that with the newbies after they watch uh, Endgame. Yeah. Uh, I think that'd be great because they've already kind of hit on it that, you know, Franklin doesn't feel comfortable with this. And so when they see actually what happens in Endgame, I would, uh, is it, in, it, I think it's Endgame because we didn't have Rising Star, but I think that actually happens. Either way, whatever that episode is, uh, I would love to have that conversation to see what these guys think about it. Because personally, I don't have a problem with it because you got to win this war or everyone's going to be screwed. And sometimes you have to make sacrifices. It's sick, but it's it's a, a strategy that's going to work. But it's a good question about Franklin's ethics, which has been a conversation we've had for a very long time. Because it's apparent that Franklin knows what the plan is because Sheridan told him. So. It just doesn't seem to fit with his his other uh, the flashes that we've gotten of his humanity that he would participate in something like that. But I guess it is at least plausible. Well, he's absolutely throwing out the Hippocratic Oath. 100%. Do no harm. He knows these telepaths are going to be harmed and they're going to harm other people. Mm -hmm. So I think we should have that conversation with the newbies after they know the whole score. Yeah. Anything else, guys, before we end up for this episode? It was a leisurely stroll through the episode. Next week will not be so leisurely with the face of the enemy. So I'm looking forward to that. And then really, I mean, it is bam, 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 bam. My favorite episode, I think, of the season comes up one episode after that with a sandwich. And then we have the taking back of Earth. And we're basically done for the season and done for the series if TNT hadn't shown up. But we'll talk about that another day. So until next week, I'm Scott and with me has been Kevin and Blake. Click all the buttons, like all the buttons, whatever, whatever, and review and stuff. And come over to Facebook and tell us how we're wrong. Thanks. See ya. Do you know how the ancient Greeks defined happiness? Not offhand, but I'd be willing to bet it involved three goats and a jug of wine.